Hi everyone, I'm Molly Carr, and this is The Wedding Destination, a podcast for couples and creatives where we discuss all things destination weddings. As a destination wedding photographer, I have traveled the world and had the opportunity to work in some of the most beautiful places imaginable with some of the best and most inspiring wedding industry creatives out there. Whether you are a bride or groom planning your destination wedding, or a wedding industry creative hoping to grow your business, welcome and welcome to today's episode of the podcast. As you listen to today's episode, we would love to see where you are and what you're up to. Snap a photo and be sure to tag us at Wedding Destination Podcast. Welcome everyone. I'm so happy that you're here and that you're tuning into a conversation that I have been so excited to share with you all. Rachel of Rachel Ellen Events joins me today, and I have had the opportunity to collaborate with Rachel on weddings from New York to France to Italy. So to be able to chat with her today and share our conversation with you is such a treat. Rachel is the owner of Rachel Ellen Events, a full service planning event and floral design firm that specializes in destination weddings around the world. Rachel's team has designed and executed hundreds of weddings from the Pacific Coast to New England to Europe, all in their signature refined and romantic style, which can routinely be seen in publications such as Vogue, Harper's Bazaar, and Martha Stewart Weddings. Rachel, thank you so much for joining us and welcome to The Wedding Destination. Oh my gosh, thank you. What an introduction. That was, <laughs> that was amazing. I, I like feel flattered. So thank you for having me. <laughs> well, so many accolades. It's amazing to have you here. I know that I can speak for many, many wedding industry creatives when I say that your business and your work have inspired so many of us. You have such a distinctive brand and just really being able to execute luxury weddings at the level you do across the world is absolutely extraordinary. And I'm really excited for listeners to get to know you. So before we dive into all things weddings, can you just let us know a little bit about how you got your start? I, yeah, of course. I I got a start in weddings and it, it kind of happened by accident, which sounds crazy. And I feel a little bit bad saying that because I didn't fall into it. Obviously, I worked really hard to get here. But it all started when I was back in college and growing up, I always assumed I would do something either in fashion or interior design. My mother was an interior designer and that felt very natural to me. Um, and the university I was going to didn't offer it, an interior design program and the fashion program was not really something that I was interested in. And so I fell into this new department that they were developing and it was called experience design. And I loved it because it was the closest thing that you could do to major in event planning at my school. Um, and it was also part of the business school. So I knew I would have the background of finance and accounting and all of the things that I don't love about the work that I do um, paired with experience design. And so I started in that program. And then the first summer, um, while I was in the program, a bunch of my friends were moving to New York City to take internships. And so naive college Rachel emailed like a hundred companies in New York. And I was like, this is why you need me. And, you know, here I am, like hire me. And looking back on it now, I'm like, 
the audacity of that <laughs> email that I sent. I mean, you know, it worked out because I ended up getting a couple of interviews and I ended up landing an internship with a full service company. And to that point, I was kind of unaware that there were companies out there who did floral and planning and kind of kept the design under one house. And I was totally taken by the way that that transformed the planning process, the execution, the day of, and just kind of kept control over the design and the creativity. So after that summer, which was baptism by fire, um, if we have time, I'll tell a story about my first trip to the flower market. But oh yes, uh, I after that first summer, I I came back home to finish school and I started looking for companies that I might want to work for. And I realized there was no one doing what I wanted to be doing. And so I thought, you know what, I'll just start my own company. And maybe by the time I graduate, I'll have some clients. And that very first summer, I was booked like every single weekend, which was insane. I think there was just such a huge need for what I was offering in the market. And I I did, I started small and, you know, definitely worked my way up in terms of the types of events that I was doing. But um, yeah, it just kind of took off and snowballed from there and then slowly started to form into mostly destination and then snowballed even further into places that were destinations for me as well, not just servicing clients who were hosting destination weddings. So that's the rundown of how I fell into what has now been 10 years of this career. Oh my gosh, that is so incredible. And I mean, I think the fact that you sent out your resume and that you contacted those 100 companies, honestly, <laughs> I think is exactly what you should be doing. I mean, that's what you have to do when you are at that age, when you need to stand out, when you don't have a background yet. And to me, the fact that doing that allowed you to start your own full service planning and design company while still in college is so inspiring for so many people. I think a lot of people feel like when they graduate, they need to work for a company. They need somebody to really show them the ropes. They don't have that courage to go out on their own. So the fact that, you know, 20, 21 years old, Rachel out there <laughs> just executing these weddings. And so was this back in Utah when you started working your weddings when you were still in college? Amazing. Yeah. That I mean, and I think just that speaks volumes about why you are where you are today. And I would love to hear that story that you said about your days at the New York flower market. <laughs> okay, so I I get there. It's my first day. My boss is awesome. I can tell like right off the bat, we're going to be fast friends, but he's, he's intimidating. Um, coming from Utah, it's all like smiles and thank you. And you're nice even when you're not feeling nice at all. And it's very different in New York. Everyone says it like it is. And it's way more the way I am now. But at the time, I was like, holy cow. Um, he was like, the color palette's white. Uh, the budget is whatever it was. You head to the market. And I was like, what? I'm like, where's the market? What's the market? How am I supposed to get it all back? What am I, what am I buying for? And so I literally took off to the, the New York flower market, which 
it, it's not massive, but it's a, it's a full street, you know, and when you don't know what you're doing at that point, I had very little experience with flowers and um, I took off to find white flowers and spend the budget that, <laughs> that I was given. And I think in hindsight, um, he knew what he was doing. He was, you know, just kind of like pushing me to be like, this is how it goes and get it done and figure it out. And I think that ended up really informing a lot of the way that I have done things and the way that I handle my own intern team as well. A lot of times it, you don't get all of the instructions and there's not a playbook and you just have to figure it out. So that's what I did. That's incredible. And, you know, I think that ties in so well to what you do now in the fact that almost every wedding that you plan and execute is in a completely new destination for you and your team. I mean, that's what you pride yourself on. You want to work in really unique, exclusive places that are special and meaningful to each couple. And obviously every couple has such a different story. So I think the fact that your mentor, you know, boss at the time saw that in you, gave you that trust, I'm sure really has shaped the way that you have run your business doing destination weddings when you are entering a completely new environment every time. So going along the lines of that, can you share a little bit more about the reality of doing not only destination wedding planning and design, but also the large scale floral design that your team creates so beautifully and how you manage it all. I mean, obviously, like I said, we've had the opportunity to work together in the US and Europe and you guys make it look effortless. And I know there is so much that goes on behind the scenes that your couples, that the creative team that you work with never sees. So I would just love to hear a little bit more how you handle that process and what it's like. Well, first of all, you're so nice. Molly, you have seen me at my best and my worst. I don't know if you remember the wedding last fall where I literally had pneumonia. I had to like leave for a minute during cocktail hour to go like get diagnosed with pneumonia. It was you time. would never have known because you still looked and acted completely polished. So if that's you at your worst, you're <laughs> you're still operating at a very, very high level. And I'm like, good to see you, but don't come any closer. <laughs> I think I might have pneumonia. Anyway, well, I think the biggest thing with executing these weddings um, is that it's not just, you know, you have to have a team behind you. And that's where, you know, a lot of venues come with a venue, like a coordinator. And I always want to stress to my clients, my future clients, anyone getting married, that a venue coordinator or a wedding coordinator is not the same thing as a planner. And, um, we just have very different responsibilities. And I think that as a planner, it is your responsibility to make sure that you have the team needed to execute the wedding. And so with us, we've developed um, a little equation that has seemed to work very well. We always make sure we have at least one team member per 25 guests. And so for destination weddings, typically the numbers are a little bit smaller but I know for me, like on site day of the wedding, we cannot have any less than three people, even if we're having a guest count of, you know, 15. So minimum of three team members. And then um, as the numbers get a little bit larger, 
one team member per 25 guests. And so with that, I have an incredible team behind me that's helping to execute everything and then make sure that everything is running smoothly. So we've got someone managing the vendors. We've got someone, you know, they're primarily making sure that the couple is taken care of. We've got someone that's making sure that the design is being produced the way that we planned and talked about it. And typically someone there that's just, you know, putting out fires and, you know, helping where and when it's needed. Sometimes everything gets dropped and it's all hands on deck because it's about to rain, but then we have the hands there to actually make it happen. And so I think that's the biggest thing is just having a great team behind you for the whole process. And everyone always asks like, how is it even possible to do the floral and the planning? But the reality is so much of the floral happens beforehand. You know, we're arranging offsite at whatever chateau or villa you know, the wedding's happening at or we're staying at. And so a bulk of the work is really happening beforehand. It just makes our actual day of production a much longer day than it would if it was for just a florist or just a planner. And I say just, and I don't mean that because I think florist planners have incredibly huge jobs. But mm-hmm. when it's, you know, when you're doing both, we're working the morning hours of the florist waking up at you know, three or four in the morning to start and then working until the moment that the wedding begins and then putting on our heels and working the rest of the night, you know, as planners until everyone's done dancing at three or four in the morning. Right. So it's a very long, I I know I just described a 24 hour day, which is crazy, but that's not uncommon. Um, Probably not good for my health, but it's, you know, it's the name of the game. So that's really it. Just making sure that we've got a really tight production schedule uh, with room for flexibility because things always come up with destination weddings more than local weddings. Destination weddings are just home of the curveball. Um, And then just making sure that we've got a great team there to help us. That's incredible. And I mean, just to reiterate what you said, for couples that are planning their destination weddings about a venue coordinator not being the same thing as a wedding planner. That is 110% accurate. And I mean, to me, the venue coordinator's sole job is taking care of the venue. That is what they have in the back of their mind. They do not have the couple's best interests at heart necessarily. It's not that they're doing anything, of course, that is going against the couple's best interest, but their first and foremost role is thinking about the ways to take care of the venue. So really, every single couple needs an advocate like Rachel and her team to be there for them throughout the whole wedding planning process. Um, But then also with, I think, your 25 guests to one planner ratio is so, so smart. Because I mean, to me, I think what that lets you do is that frees you up on the wedding day so that you're able to be the one that's really, I think, leading that high level creative art direction. I personally have seen Rachel styling many, many times, and it is an absolute sight to behold. She (laughs) is, I mean, I've never in my career seen somebody be able to style something as beautifully and as quickly as Rachel. And I think when you have such a great team that you have that you are able to rely and trust on them, that gives you that freedom to really do what you do best. 
And, you know, I think one of the things that makes you so unique, Rachel, is that you're really able to translate your signature style to wedding destinations across the globe that vary wildly in design, in terrain, in historical context. Whenever I'm scrolling on Instagram or Pinterest, I can almost always immediately recognize your work, whether the wedding was on a beach in Mexico or a castle in Ireland. And having worked in the industry for as long as I have, I know that is not easy, especially working in such unique destinations as you do. And I think is something that really sets you and your team apart. Um, so that being said, I mean, I know you have worked at, you know, such a wide variety of venues and destinations, but are there specific destinations that resonate with you the most that are your personal favorites? I mean, like you, I'm a Francophile. France just, it, it holds a piece of my heart. It's where I was married. It's where we vacation whenever we're not working. I, I love France. And what I love about France is that like perfect balance between romantic and classic style. You've got all of this incredible classic architecture and a very formal culture. And then you pair it with, you know, the natural romance of these old chateaus and again, the culture just as romantic as it is formal. And I think that style is actually what we try and carry through our designs, no matter where we are. So yes, we're in Mexico, but how can we bring that air of romantic classicism to Mexico? You know, we're not, not ever, but we're rarely doing boho Mexico or modern Mexico. We're, we're very much trying to bring that romantic spin to everything that we do. And then take that kind of baseline and infuse it with details from the couple that make it feel very unique to them and their story and then also location inspired details so that it feels natural in the setting but then you've still got that baseline of classic romanticism which is a large reason why people come to us and then you've got those details that make everyone who's attending the wedding be like oh my gosh I that's so them or I love that they added that little detail about you know, their first date, little things. It's like, if you're in the know, it's such a fun little detail, but it's never so on the nose that it feels kitschy. You know what I mean? I don't know. That's kind of like our recipe, like us as a foundation, couple as inspiration, location to tie it all together. Absolutely. I think that's incredible. And I mean, for me, I think about how you, like you said, you really take that French influence and you like to translate that classic romantic feel to all of your events. And I think that's so important for couples because I think there can be a draw for, you know, let's say you're going on vacation somewhere as an example, and your style is typically Parisian, but you're going on a Caribbean vacation. And next thing you know, all you buy are these bold, out there floral dresses and you bring them home and you think who is this person so i think it's an easy out to pick a destination and just fully morph your wedding into that destination so going with the mexico example like you said very boho mexico that's often what people typically think but oftentimes the couple might not even 
be bohemian. That might not be anything to do with their personal style. You might walk into their home and it's very classic, very chic, yet they feel the need, well, I'm getting married in Mexico, so I have to do this kind of pre-designed feeling that I'm seeing from so many weddings. So I think that's something that your team really, really does so well. Are there any destinations this year or that you are doing or destinations that you're really dreaming of being able to execute a wedding in? Oh man, we've got so many exciting venues. Uh, we'll be in Sorrento in a beautiful villa um, this fall, which is exciting. We're going back to one of our favorite chateaus and um, near Normandy this May, which is exciting. And I'm actually going back to the chateau that I got married at in August. So for the first time ever doing a wedding where I was, Mark Cameron and I were married um, in August. So really excited about that, which will be fun. Oh, that's incredible. That will be so amazing. I, I know that your wedding, I think, was really a huge turning point in your career too, wasn't it? I mean, I know your wedding was published in Martha Stewart Weddings. It was absolutely beautiful. It was such a reflection of who you are as an artist and your style. And I know you've told me that even years later, you have brides that you're working with show you pictures of your wedding dress and say that that dress is their influence and their inspiration for what they're looking for. So, I mean, even that I think just shows why your couples don't just hire you because they know you're an amazing planner. They truly trust your personal style and your level of taste. And that's something that just can't be replicated. That's just who you are. And I'm sure so much of that comes from your background of working with your mom as a, when she was working in interior design and just all of that beauty that you were always around as a child, I'm sure really has shaped the artist that you've become today. Absolutely. I, people always say like, how do you find such incredible clients? And I feel like when you're considering a destination wedding in these beautiful, luxurious locations, you have to, on a certain level, be on the same like level as your clients. You know what I mean? Like you need to be speaking the same language in terms of like, great hotels and fashion and restaurants and like be on the same wavelength I think in order for things to remain in sync and for you to feel that you are kind of like equal with them and can be like a creative partner rather than someone just servicing their needs and so I think I've definitely found that with my favorite clients that they are coming to me asking for fashion advice because they know that we're speaking the same language and we love the same brands and we're inspired by those things. And, you know, for the clients that I'm close to, they know that I've got an art history background. And so they want to understand how we can bring some art inspiration into their actual wedding. So just understanding that, you know, I, I get them on levels outside of the wedding. Uh, we're, you know, shopping at the same places and eating at the same restaurants and, you know, touring the same amazing hotels. I think that's really huge in terms of making my clients feel comfortable and really understood, if that makes sense. Oh, it makes complete sense. I mean, to me, what all of that brings is just an implicit level of trust. Mm -hmm. They know in their heart that you 
understand them, that you get their vision, that you can really articulate the things that are in the back of their mind that they might not even be able to necessarily pin down in words. And I think that level of trust when, I mean, number one, working with your wedding planner and designer, but I think ideally you really want your whole core wedding creative team to be on that same level with you. So very much not just hiring people to execute a job from a service perspective, but really be your creative team that are serving not only as the people that are logistically coordinating everything, but they're art directing the entire weekend. And I mean, for me, Rachel, you have just such a beautiful and innate sense of style. And I think anyone that has spent time with Rachel will agree her fashion sense is incredible and we all would love to shop her closet so i (laughs) i think that's something that really really makes you stand out and i think is what part of the reason that you have such a great relationship with your couples that they just really really trust and respect you both as a business owner and as a person and i mean for me kind of moving into the destination wedding sphere a little bit so when couples hire you I think what I have found oftentimes for couples choosing to have destination weddings is narrowing down the location. A lot of times, really the sky's the limits and they open up the search by thinking about every single option there is. I mean, thinking about an island in Thailand, thinking about a chateau in France, a villa on Lake Como, an estate in Newport. There's so many beautiful options. And I find that that can be really challenging to narrow down the location. So for couples who have maybe just gotten engaged and they know they wanna plan a destination wedding, how would you recommend they begin the wedding planning process? So I think, Consider the time of year. That seems obvious, but I think it's important because if you are dead set on, you know, getting married in March or February, then you need to be realistic about the fact that Lake Cole is going to be cold. You know, it's it's not quite warm yet. Same thing with, you know, like the Amalfi Coast. It's not going to be warm enough for what you're imagining in January. You know what I mean? So I think considering the time of year is huge. If you truly are flexible and sky is the limit, what I advise my clients to do is to come up with a short list of words that describe what they want their wedding to feel like, not what they want it to look like, but they want it to feel like, because once we start diving into the look like everyone gets really hung up on like, well, I like neutrals or I'm a little bit modern and that's not what we're asking. How do you want it to feel? Do you want it to feel like relaxed and at home and organic and like celebratory? Okay, that sounds like Tuscany to me. Do you want it to feel like a huge party and it's colorful and vibrant and kind of quirky? Then like maybe we're talking Portugal or Mallorca. You know what I mean? Are you looking for romantic and intimate and like old world, I think we're talking about France. Well, let's head to the Loire Valley. You know what I mean? And so if you can pinpoint how you want it to feel, let's start there. And maybe what happens is we go through, you know, a huge list of venues and you don't find the right one. 
And we do need to go back to the drawing board. But if you can identify the way you want it to feel, we can pair you with wonderful options within your budget and that match your guest count needs in terms of like rooms on site and all of those things. Um, so that's that's what we need our clients to do is identify how they want it to feel because I know how we want it to feel. It's all of those things combined, right? We want it to feel celebratory and romantic and intimate, but the the first words that clients come up with that ends up for me being what shakes out to be their top priorities. And so if those things are not in sync with their location, I think it can often feel a little bit disjointed. You know what I mean? I don't personally think like party time, wild, colorful, and Ireland. You know what I mean? I think that everything has to be in sync to set the stage for like a blank canvas, if you will, once we actually start designing the wedding. The location and the venue should be working with you to create the feeling, not working against you. You know what I mean? Oh, absolutely. And I mean, what you said about the way that you want them to feel, I think is so, so powerful. I think when you really boil down why most people choose to have a destination wedding is because for them, they really want to create a once in a lifetime experience for their closest friends and family. And when they really start to think about it and you're able to probe them because typically I'm sure they get engaged and immediately they start looking at ideas on Pinterest. Mm -hmm. They immediately start looking at brides and Martha Stewart weddings and on Instagram and they get all these very specific design concepts. But having them take three steps back and having them really dig into what they value as a couple, the type of energy that they want to really be bringing to the people that they love the most. And I mean, even thinking about how they host, how they entertain at home when they're in their own house, I think being able to bring that to a wedding is what makes having a destination wedding so special and so such a one of a kind experience. So I think that that's such a brilliant process that you guide them through. And I know that you and your team have a countless incredible options for them like you said i mean these you know amazing chateaus that you've worked at that you have visited that you want to work at and villas and properties all around the world but really starting about their why and understanding their why i think is what is going to end up making the wedding the most incredible experience for them imaginable and just really feel true to them and authentic to them Totally. And I think that those words also can be applied to like all of the other vendors as well. You know what I mean? Like if you're asking from like a photography standpoint, how do you want your photos to feel? I think that speaks so much more to the end result being in sync with what they're hoping for than saying, show me images that you love because there's so much that goes into why someone loves an image. Maybe they just like really loved the bride's haircut or like it reminds them of an old photo of their parents there's so many subconscious things that go into why someone loves a photograph and so I think you know photography or hair and makeup or you know every single vendor can benefit from asking their couples how they want their portion of you know the work to feel and those those words don't have to be the same throughout the whole wedding. You know what I mean? Like 
for photography, it could be romantic and timeless and clean, you know, and that doesn't, we don't need the food to feel clean necessarily. It could, but it doesn't have to be the same. And I think it's just, you know, it's important to just bring everything back to that experience-based design and actually let every vendor design their portion around how the clients want everything to feel. That's such good advice. And I think really, like you said, for every creative partner on a wedding, that is something that they can take away from this conversation and be a way that they can better serve their clients. Because when they really understand that, how they want that experience of working with them, whether it's the, you know, from my perspective, the final product of their photos, whether it's the way they want to feel on the wedding morning when they're in the bridal suite with their hair and makeup artist and their bridesmaids and, you know, the mothers of the bride and groom, as an example, the way that that hair and makeup artists will make them feel. I think that is just such an important way that you can add that much more to their experience and really serve them. And with that, so with kind of going along the lines of the experiential aspect of destination weddings, I found really that more couples than ever are choosing to have destination weddings and making the focus as much on the events leading up to the wedding as the big day itself. Um, so with that being said, are there any other destination wedding trends that you're especially excited about that you've been noticing? Oh, as far as trends go, I think one thing I'm particularly excited about is clients feeling comfortable sort of like setting a dress code um, and, and giving their guests or like larger bridal party more specific direction in terms of what they're wearing. And this is a service that we offer all of our clients will, you know, obviously we're there to help them with the main wedding looks, wedding gown, tuxedo, whatever. But we also love to pull looks for the events surrounding the wedding. So brunch or recovery party, welcome dinner, bridesmaid, luncheon, whatever it is. Um, and I'm excited to see more and more of our clients feeling like they can kind of push the envelope there and let their guests know, like, our welcome party is going to be all white. So like show up in all white or we're going for like mountain wildflower chic and i'm sure you don't know what that means so like visit our website to see our inspiration board and um, i think that what covid did for everyone is like renew everyone's excitement about fashion and everyone wore sweatpants for so long and i feel like as soon as we emerged from it everyone was like let's get dressed up and I'm just seeing that with all of our destination weddings, people are excited about giving their guests the, the lead time to plan really incredible outfits. And the guests are excited about it as well. There, no one is put out by needing to buy or rent a tuxedo. And everyone is so excited about finding the perfect, you know, formal down for whatever the dress code is that you've set. So that's one thing I'm really excited about and seeing as a trend, I feel like yeah, almost everyone is doing the, what has become standard and um, rehearsal dinner, welcome party, wedding, day after something or other. And that's just be kind of become the norm in destination weddings. I don't know if you feel that way, but I feel like 
that's pretty standard now, which is so much fun because you are creating a full week or weekend of events for your guests. And they might not all be able to make it, but that's not the important part. The important part is that the experience is there for those who can. So yes, it's oh, it's so good. I mean, with the three, four day destination wedding, yes, I completely agree that has become the norm. And I think that's something that's really special about it, which I found couples often don't really take into consideration until they're actually there, or maybe even after their wedding, is that it is such an incredible opportunity to bring together both sides of their families, both sides of their friends, and allow them to genuinely form new friendships and new relationships that can take you far into your marriage. I mean, I even think personally, my husband and I had a destination wedding and we went out for a week and we had events, some pretty casual, but every day leading up to the wedding for four or five days. And by the end of it, our families have become so close that fast forward six years, our dads golf together every other month now. Our you know mothers are routinely texting, our friends two of them met and ended up getting married and now have two little ones. So there's so much that can come out of it from a relationship aspect that I think when you are having a traditional one day wedding in your hometown, that is the, I think the more standard format that a lot of us grew up going to, it, you just aren't able to have that experience. And I also think I love what you said about the dress code. I mean, obviously, from a guest experience perspective, it's just more fun. And also from a photography perspective, it makes your photos so much more beautiful. It takes those moments and elevates them into really feeling like you are in a movie it gives it a more cinematic experience it makes it feel like it's a spread out of a magazine and it reminds me of a amazing anniversary party that rachel you and i uh executed together in october of this past year with one of our dear clients monica and her husband harrison it was on the amalfi coast they were celebrating their 10-year wedding anniversary and for their black tie event, they told all of their guests the attire was black tie, but not black. And because of that, all of the gentlemen showed up wearing tuxedos in different colors. The women all wore incredibly bold, beautiful gowns. And it was really, really fun for everybody. And so I love that. I love seeing how people are interpreting it and really taking every opportunity to personalize their weddings. And, you know, with that, I know we were speaking before uh, the recording that you have 12 weddings this year, you had 24 last year. So with that, I know your team is on the road a lot. And last year, I have to think you may have been on the road more than you actually were at home. So with all of the international travel, plus managing the client relationships, your team and being a new mom, how do you personally balance work and life? I have pretty strict boundaries. Um, I think that there was a time in my career when I was available to everyone 24 seven. I was like in my hustle phase, right? And a bride wanted to talk at 9 p.m. on a Saturday night. Of course, like I was 
stepping out of the movie theater to like go have these conversations but that is just not conducive to keeping like my headspace in a state where I can be inspired and be you know supportive to my clients in the way that they need me to be from both a like relationship and logistical and creative perspective and so I you know, when I finish my work day, I am signed out of my email. I, you know, I'm not getting emails all night long. I'm not checking it when I'm not in my like workspace. Um, and that allows me to really keep things separate. And so, you know, my time with Margot um, or my time with Cam, it's very separate. You know, I'm, I'm not ever feeling pulled between the two because when I'm somewhere I'm very much there um and I also think it allows me the space that I need to be inspired by things outside of work because it's so easy to just get stuck in thinking about all the details at the weddings and like you kind of get in that cycle but when I you know keep my boundaries and I I don't take calls past a certain time and I do not work on the weekends that we don't have an event and um you know, I require that all phone calls are scheduled ahead of time. And I, um, I don't let my clients, you know, have this, uh, situation where they're constantly texting me. Everything needs to be happening a little bit more formally one, because it helps me stay on track with everything, but two, just for my own personal boundaries. Um, it allows me the time to be inspired by, the things around me, you know, to go to museums and to spend time outside and to travel, you know, for things that are not weddings and, um, you know, to cook and to shop and to read and do all the things that kind of keep me inspired and keep me a whole functioning person. And um, I think that everyone has a hustle face and everyone you know, has that time in their life where it makes sense to really give it all. But then I think that everyone also needs to reflect often enough to know when they need to take a step back and put up some boundaries. And that doesn't mean that you are less available. I think it means that you are more available during the times when you have allowed yourself to be because you have the capacity to actually contribute and give because you're refreshed. So that's the biggest thing for me. Like I'm very extreme when I'm on, I'm on when I'm off I'm off. It's like the work hard, play hard. Just it, it makes so much sense in my brain and has worked really well for me just with how often I am on the road. And like you said, trying to manage motherhood and everything that's come with that. Oh, that's such good advice. I mean, it sounds like you're very, very intentional about your time, about your relationships. And really, as you said, I think that means that you're actually giving so much more to the couples that you're working with. Because like you said, you are able this year, you're working a smaller number of weddings, but the weddings that you're doing, you're giving that much more of a high level service and experience and you're really able to give them that full breadth of your knowledge and like you said continuing to stay 
inspired so that you're never just looking at something as another job, but you're really, really looking at everybody's wedding as something completely original and unique. And for me, I think one of the ways that I have found I stay balanced, especially when I'm in the midst of my wedding season, is having relationships with people like you, Rachel, where we are able, when we work together, we really understand each other, we support each other, encourage each other, and we approach the wedding not as individual creatives, but rather one team that's there to create something completely unique and special for that couple. So with that being said, I know that wedding creatives are always wanting to know how to get on a planner's list. So are there any recommendations that you would have? It's such a funny thing because I think being a planner is, it's a really unique position to be in because we hold so much power in terms of like the vendors that we recommend. Um, as far as destination weddings go, I get an email a day from usually a photographer who is like, let's work together. And I'm not, I'm not saying that those need to stop, you know, I'm all for connecting and reaching out and building the network and opening those conversations. But I think that people need to do a little bit of the work in order to get themselves there. They can't just like get the planner ticket and hop on and just assume they're along for the ride, right? I think you're the perfect example, Molly. You travel so much on your own. You have such a distinct personal style and your work speaks for itself and everything about you has like positioned yourself in a way that just makes so much sense for us to work together. And if you are a vendor who's trying to figure out how to get to that point, do those things. You know what I mean? Like travel on your own and like show the world that like you're a traveler and you get it. And that like little logistical piece is no hurdle for you because it's just what you do and it's who you are and show show us all that you're fashionable and like like we said that you can talk the talk and that i'm not going to be like oh my gosh why did you show up to the wedding in you know what whatever it is that you should this is the black tie wedding why are you wearing that oh my gosh you know what i mean um <laughs> yeah that sounds like I have a specific memory in mind. I don't, but I'm sure it's happened. Um, just do the work to position yourself in a way that makes you seem like the natural fit and then form relationships. I think that everyone's always talking about like your reach vendors and like, oh, I'd love to work with so-and-so, but there is so much value in really forming great connections with people who are operating on your level. And so network laterally rather than constantly reaching. And that is how I think that you develop what you were kind of saying, Molly, where you've got these vendors who are all on the same page. We're all on the same team and also we're friends. So like when little pieces of the day go awry, it's not like everyone's funding for themselves and we're all like, oh my gosh, can you believe this? Or, you know, it's not that sort of a situation. It's like, I will cover for you while you do this. Like I will style the flat lays while you go get tested for pneumonia or, you know, whatever <laughs> it is, is going on. You have that relationship to 
really be able to support each other and make the day so much better. So I think just network laterally and do what you can on your own to position yourself to be a natural fit for destination weddings. I think sometimes it's the right situation to give someone a chance for a destination wedding. Uh, It has to be very specific, but in general, I don't know that your first time in France should be to shoot a wedding in France. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? There's nothing wrong with that, but I need to promise my clients more with the people that I am recommending. And I need to make sure that I'm recommending vendors who can handle the twists and the turns of travel. You know, like all your luggage was lost. How are you going to fix it? Like, what are you going to do? Oh, you've been there before. Awesome. We're not worried. Rather than someone who is like, I got a passport for this. And that this all sounds a little bit elitist and I don't mean it that way, but you cannot expect to just jump into the destination market if you have not spent time traveling. That's that's my spiel. Okay, I am clapping over here. I feel like you just gave such good, actionable advice. I mean, so many pieces to that. I think what you're saying about being a traveler, I personally, I don't think that's elitist. I think it is potentially doing your couples a huge disservice if you are leaving the continental United States for the first time on their own dime. As Rachel said, there are so many things that can go wrong. We could do a whole nother episode talking about (laughs) our travel horrors that we've experienced over the years. (laughs) Um, But really, I mean, yes, if you want to get into destination weddings, like you said, Rachel, A, travel on your own. And when you're somewhere, reach out to people, get coffee. Of course, don't be that person that just hops into their inbox unannounced get to know them first on social media but yes spend that time on your own investing in a destination that is important to you and i think what you said about showing your personal style that is such great advice and how you meant not just from a personal style meeting your artistry whether you're a photographer or a florist but your just personal fashion sense your home who you are that is something that we all have the ability to do tomorrow we don't need to have a client book us to do that and i think your advice of just growing with your people versus trying to immediately get in with you know the best most established planners that are on the Harper's Bazaar list that have been on that list for the past 15 years, really, there's so much more value for everybody when we're able to form genuine friendships and grow and support each other. And I'll also add that I think an amazing way to get on a planner's list is to refer them a client. That is a very powerful way to show up for the first time in somebody's inbox and say, I just recommended you to one of my couples. To me, that is so much more meaningful than the email that has their PDF attached that Mm -hmm. says, I would love for you to recommend me. When you're able to add value in that way, and obviously depending on what 
sector you're in, not everybody can do that. But photographers, people that are working with clients from the very beginning stages, yes, oftentimes we do get booked before a wedding planner. So in that instance, I think that is an incredible way to really, I think, just stand out amongst the crowd. And then, um, so before we say goodbye, Rachel, I know that you have recently launched a very exciting new brand called The Art of Extra. Can you tell us a little bit more about it? Absolutely. It's the art of extra is the culmination of so many years spent thinking about the creative projects that I'm doing outside of weddings. I feel like my Rachel Ellen brand is very wedding focused. It's, um, it's very much about the brand and the couples and the locations and not so much about me. I feel like I had to take myself a little bit out of the equation, part of like the boundary thing um, but also because it's not just me, like it's the whole team and there's so much that goes on behind the scenes that I feel like I kind of made the decision to make Rachel Ellen a little bit more removed from like a personal standpoint. But the Art of Extra is my new home for everything creative. In another life, I would have been an interior designer or a fashion designer or something like that. And so it's a space where I'm sharing um, home renovation, like interior design, DIY things. It's where I'm sharing some of my thoughts on, you know, intentional entertaining, how to be a great host, ideas for a tablescape, um, a little bit about making motherhood very special and little things that I'm doing with Margot, um, just to kind of make her part of my life as well. Um, and, you know, we're talking about fashion, we're talking about travel, just all of the things that I love and I feel have made me who I am. And I'm doing it uh, with my dear friend, Michaela of Ink and Press Co. She's at a very similar stage in her life, having just had a baby. And we just wanted to do something that um, gave us an outlet to share everything creative that we love that was a, a step removed from our businesses. So it's super fun and it's, you know, still in very early stages, but it's, it's great to have an outlet. And I think I would encourage anyone who feels that their, you know, their business platform is not the right spot for sharing those sort of things to create some sort of outlet or funnel to, you know, push you to be creative and to remind you to share the things that inspire you because sometimes sharing it is all it takes to kind of like propel and get you on to the next project. Um, and you never know who you're, you know, touching or inspiring. So I think when you are creative and artistic, it is your gift to share. And um, I, I love doing it. So yeah. Oh, that's incredible. I mean, you and Michaela are both so multifaceted. And I think even though this project is completely removed from the wedding industry, it's in the same something where I think going back to what we talked about that your couples will hire you for really for you, for your vision, for your style, for your taste. It's still something that I think really ties back into the Rachel Ellen brand so beautifully. And I think is just such an inspiring creative venture that 
will touch very many people. I know that personally I have screenshot, I think, everything already that you both have posted. <laughs> so I'm very excited to continue and see where everything goes. Rachel, this has been so much fun. I can't thank you enough for your time today. Well, thank you for having me. It's always such a treat to chat with you and to chat about weddings because it's how we connected and I'm so happy that we have. So thanks for, for having me. Amazing. I know that many of our listeners probably already follow you, but for those who don't, where can we connect with you? Instagram is great uh, at Rachel on events. A couple of the team members are on there. So um, if you want to find a more direct way, honestly, the Art of Extra is great because I do see all of those images. Um, and always feel free to check out my website or fill out a contact form to get my email from there. Um, I always love connecting with industry friends and, you know, learning more about everyone. So I'd love to hear from any of you, all of you. Amazing. I know that I have thoroughly enjoyed our time together and that listeners will too. Rachel, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you all for listening to today's episode of the Wedding Destination Podcast. I'm Molly Carr, and you can follow me on Instagram at Molly Carr Photography and the podcast at Wedding Destination Podcast. We hope you will leave us a five-star review on iTunes and join us next week for a new episode. We'll talk to you soon.